0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: This episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAB to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, baseball, right to your favorite games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer. That's betonline.ag. Yo, what's up and welcome to the Hashtag Lakers Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm Yo Lagazo and I'm joined by McKay Westbrook. So guys, today we're going to discuss how really we shouldn't freak out about Russell Westbrook, right? And 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 how he may look right now and and how the the new team's offense is going in the defense with our zero four 4 start in the preseason. We'll talk about all of that and then and then switch the topic and talk about a certain lineup that was deployed against the Suns um, that could be formidable in, 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 in non-LeBron minutes. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about Malik Monk and THT's injury and what that means going forward. Uh, then later on in the second segment, we're going to have a special guest join, join us, Matt Issa, and he'll be joining us uh, to to really promote his new podcast, Quest for the, the Best, and uh, talk a little bit about um, some of the Laker greats and as well as LeBron's legacy as uh, LeBron heads into his 19th season. So... Um, let's start with, uh, Russell Westbrook slash, you know, the teams just really learning the new offensive system and, and Vogel's defensive schematics. But let's talk about, you know, Westbrook, right? Like it's, it's preseason, right? Westbrook right now has thrown 14 tor- turnovers in 30, the 39 minutes that he has played. And really like, I think it was a post game. He really took the blame for those turnovers and made it clear that he's not really stressing about it. And it was captured by Bill Orham on what he said. He said, quote, The turnover stuff is on me but good thing is they don't count so i could turn that b word over 15 times ain't nobody going to do nothing about it normally i'm used to guys on other teams playing me to score now they play me to pass a lot which is a which is different for me but i'll figure it out it's just some easy reads for me once i dunk a few people will start coming and helping and i'm here diming it's up to me To be that i'm just kind of predetermining my passes and they're just waiting and baiting me it's an easy literally easy fix for me and i'll figure it out so mckay what do you what do you think about uh, russell westbrook's quotes here and how the team's doing
0: yeah i mean it's the preseason he's working things out that's going to be how it goes for for the first little while he's figuring out a brand new system and um you know they're they're trying to kind of shape him into a, a pass first point guard, like he, like he mentioned, um, which is, is kind of different, um, just because he's, he's been so athletic and such a great scorer in the past that he's been able to kind of, um, force the defense onto himself. Um, and, and then with that court vision that he has, he uses it to, um, make that extra pass to a guy when he draws a double team or, or things like that and so I I think that's kind of the difference um you know that's that's kind of his traditional way of getting assists but they're they're trying to transition him into a little bit more of a a pass first point guard and so we're seeing um the combination of that with the new um offensive system that he's got to get used to and so we're seeing a lot of turnovers which I think is fine at this point in time um because it means he's figuring it out he's he's trying to get used to it he's trying to see how things work um i i don't think that he'll consistently stay that bad when it comes to turnovers um so i i'm not really too worried about it yeah exactly I, I i completely agree i think the same
1: thing happened with russ uh going into the rockets he had to learn that new offensive system and then you know he, i think he 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 picked it up uh midway and uh, you know really progressed uh from that point on and, and, and you know obviously we we fought him and and harden in the in the semifinals of the uh western conference um and then um I, it happened again with the Wizards, right? Um, and He was injured uh, last year, but uh, he had to get used to Bradley Beal's uh, uh, um, system there and 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 all of that. And it, it, it took some time. It, he didn't really pick, you know, he didn't really look like himself until uh, in the half part of the other, you know, the second half of the season. But um, yeah, I mean, Preseason, right? He's been sloppy. Let's just call it that. And he's, he's, uh, he's acknowledged that. Right. Uh, but he has had s- some impressive kick out and dump off passes that I've seen. And, 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 uh, you know, his teammates, um, you know, so sometimes they've failed to, to convert on those. So it's not really his fault. Um, against the Suns. I want to talk about this specifically is so Russ, um, it was the first time we saw Russ and Anthony Davis together on the floor and, uh, that connection between them were, they were two of six, uh, last night. Um, so there were four miss, uh, miscues and, um, and they were either due to one AD not being ready for the pass, uh, or, or Russ, um, Um, you know, not so stellar passing. Like we said, he's, he's just, he's learning the new offense. Uh, Sometimes he's, he's passing too fast or over the top of AD or into the lane. So someone can steal it. And then sometimes it's just AD not converting uh, on, on his chances. So, um, I think that, you know, it's going to take time, but, um, not much time. It's going to improve as they play together and, and build that on court, uh, chemistry with each other. um, Again, like this is this has happened to him already, and he's been able to learn quickly and learn fast and get into in shape uh, into into the shape of things of how the offense works. It just takes time to calibrate. Um, but you know, I think it's it's exciting that we are hopefully going to see a sneak peek next game of LeBron, Russ, and AD, and how that will finally look together
0: um, on the court. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, that dynamic obviously is going to have, um, is going to make a huge difference. Um, you see when you take any piece of that puzzle, um, out of the Lakers equation, how, how big of a difference it makes. We saw that in the playoffs last year, when you take AD out, um, all of a sudden there's, there's a big difference in who this Lakers identity is. And I think that's kind of what we're, we're focusing on right now is the new Lakers identity. We're trying to get that all put into place. And I think once it's, you know, everybody's in their correct role and everybody's figured out what their job is, what they're supposed to be doing. um, I I think it's all going to come together. Um, I, I think Russell Westbrook will end up, meshing better, uh, with, with AD as, as things get figured out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it could take, um, maybe a little bit, you know, it, we, we might see some struggles in, in the early parts of, of the season. Um, but honestly, I have faith that we'll get things together. You see flashes of of greatness from every from everybody you see um the possibilities out there russell westbrook will go out there and he'll prove himself um he's had plenty of doubters and haters in the past and and he goes and he he handles his business so i'm i'm not too worried about it um i think having lebron james out on the floor arguably arguably one of the best players um in the NBA right now, um, that's obviously going to make a huge difference. Um, it, and, you know, you got to look if, if you're looking at the game as a whole, um, obviously you're going to see that the Lakers are are lacking a little bit, but we're also playing 15 people deep, you know, and we're playing a lot of guys who are going to be on the G league squad. And uh, so it's not, super indicative of what's going to happen in the regular season. Um, it's, it's just a trial and error type deal. So not too worried about it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, those, those fourth quarters are usually just the G leagues guys and play playing around. Um, and, uh, maybe Austin Reeves or, or Kendrick Nunn with them, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I completely agree. There, there no no worries at all. I mean, this is preseason, and and they're all going like sixty percent right now, because <laughs> no one wants to get injured, and it's preseason. Uh, there's no championship at the end, um, no matter w- what the Clippers or or, or the Suns think. <laughs> but um, <laughs> let, let's talk about um, the Suns game. Uh, actually, um, there was some some. Um, this lineup, the defense, the offense was just clicking on all cylinders. And um it was a lineup of Russ, Ellington, Bazemore, A. D. and Dwight. Um and and honestly, like that was that was really that was really awesome to, to see that. Um, right now, the team's defense overall. Obviously, it's preseason, right? Like, there's a, so there's that. You could take it for what that's worth, but um, or what this is worth right here. We're we're the 24th best defensive team in the league. So bottom half, um, and and we are dead last in. And uh, opponents' points off turnovers because we we turn over the ball a lot, and we're twenty sixth for we're twenty sixth uh, in, in the NBA for opponents' points in in the paint. But you know, again, it's preseason. But this lineup that uh, we saw last night against the Suns was something special. I thought it was it was a non-LeBron minute. Obviously, LeBron didn't didn't play, but um, the there was a stretch in the game last night where um, you know I think Anthony Davis. And, and 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 the the crew here just really outscored Phoenix and they went on a 13-0 run and turned a 40 to 28 deficit at the 7 minute mark uh in the second quarter to a 41 to 40 lead uh, at the end of at at around like 2:45 mark on the se- in the second quarter and the the crowning um Play there was an alley oop from Bays to to AD that really that forced the, the time the 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 Suns to take a timeout. So you know you can take this all for what it's worth, but I think that for me, um, this this lineup was pretty was pretty good. Like, like, I, I, I don't know what, what your thoughts on, on, on that game and and this lineup was when you saw it. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at that, uh, lineup, they're a bunch of old cats, you know, it's all the guys who've got plenty of experience playing, um, in the league. They're all over 30. So they've been around a little bit. They know what they're doing. Um, and it's, it's just, I think you get out there and all of a sudden you've got a bunch of other guys on, on the court that know what they're doing, who are experienced. And, um, you have one of those moments where, where you get that rhythm, you know, and everything just kind of comes together. And so those are the things that, that are exciting to see. Um, you know, the, like I said earlier, sometimes you want to take a look at the the whole game and you're like, uh, but it was an L, but we lost by this much, whatever, but it's, um, it's those moments when, when they get into rhythm where you can really see what the potential of this team holds. Um, I, I loved the, the Ad Dwight, um, dynamic. Um, it was something that I was anxious to see again, um, from that, that 2020 squad. Um, and I, I think it's, it's awesome to have, um, those rim protectors, we saw some, some pretty dope blocks in that game. Um, B- uh, Bazemore and, and Russ are, are both pretty good lockdown defenders, uh, when it comes down to it. And I, I think that's a great sign, um, could potentially be a, um, lineup that we see in the future, um, especially if we're trying to give LeBron some, um, some minutes to, to rest, um, definitely a bright spot in that game. Yeah, for sure. And I, I want to piggyback off, off of that. I think that's a
1: I think, I think it's going to be a lineup that we're going to see. I think Vogel noticed it and, and that's why they, they played for a little bit here, but I think bottom line for me is that this needs to be a lineup, um, that, that needs to happen after, LeBron sits right. And right after, I think he usually sits around the, the, the six minute mark in, in the first quarter He did that, you know, the last two seasons. Um, and I think, I think this is just the, the perfect lineup to that. I mean, it, it, the, the discussion has always been, you know, after LeBron sits, then our offense and our defense kind of goes down because he's not out, out there. But I think now with Rust there, I think that kind of picks that up and, and kind of, um, he, he helps those non LeBron lineups, um, work and, 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 and still be, you know, they can still be effective. I think, I think this is, uh, you know, your, the lineup that you go with when, when, like you said, McKay, when M- LeBron sits and, and we, we're not going to be, you know, <laughs> losing the lead that we have because, uh, now we have this lineup. I think that McKay, you touched on the AD and Dwight, um, you know they're they're really the anchors of, of the defense in this lineup where they'll just protect anything that is on the low post or by the paint and then your perimeter paper uh your perimeter players are just chasing the ball around in the perimeter and 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 you know i think it's it's it helps um it helps hide some of the the weaknesses that this that the that lineup has. Like in Ellington, he's not the greatest defender, but it hit it hit his weakness pretty well because of those defensive anchors. And I mean, he was. Uh, and I, I thought I thought this was just a really great great lineup, but uh, why why don't we move on and we'll talk a little bit about um, the. Uh, Monk, Malik Monk's injury uh, it's a groin strain and THT uh, who tore his ligament on his right thumb and I think he is going to be uh, missing um, a few weeks here uh, on that so I just want to talk about that briefly before we take a break here but um, what are your thoughts on, on Malik Monk and THT um, I think Malik Monk is going to be, is going to be back and be ready before the season opener, but um, he'll just miss this whole week. THT might take a little bit longer, but what are your thoughts? What's what's the impact on that? Okay.
0: Uh, I mean, obviously it sucks when you've got a couple of guys, especially who you can see are probably going to be integral pieces in um, the Lakers bench in this upcoming season. You see them um, get injured. I mean, we talked about Malik Monk. We think that he's going to be potentially Lakers sixth man, um he's he had been playing great and it, it just sucks to to see someone get injured especially when they're performing so well um the thing that makes me nervous about that is we saw um lebron james battle a groin injury and and sometimes that can be lingering and come back and haunt you and keep you out for a significant amount of time um i hope that's not the case um with malik monk he's still pretty young um Younger players tend to, to get over those things a lot faster, um, but that's the one thing that makes me nervous um, for him. With Tht uh, sucks that you injure your your shooting hand. Um, then you know he's he's injured, but it also limits his ability to um, still get any kind of reps or, or practice in with with that right arm. And, um, I, I think that could hang him up for even longer. And, uh, especially with the beginning of the season starting, we're going to try and get those rotations locked in. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how long he ends up staying out and, um, what his role will be, um, once he comes back, but the bright side of injuries, you know, if you could call it that, is these other guys who wouldn't traditionally get as many reps, they can get in there and they can get um, some playing time and some experience where where they wouldn't normally have that or not have as many minutes. And um, that can be good for uh, looking at the end of the season when these guys have learned to play with the squad a little bit better. They've got um, some time and experience doing that um, that could be beneficial for us in the long run.
1: Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I think, um, you know, I'm just thinking about who, who will, I mean, obviously, first of all, it, it's, it's gonna, it's a bummer that we're not going to have THT for a, a, you know, a longer period of time than, than Malik Monk. Uh, I'm glad that Malik Monk and, can hopefully return next week but um you know what i'm hearing is six to eight weeks for tht that's the good that's like a good recovery but if it's it takes longer it could take longer up to, to like 10 weeks from what i'm i'm hearing from from all the doctors and and pts on on Lakers twitter but um i just think um right now he has the second best defensive rating on on the team, Tht does, which is kind of incredible and and, and crazy. It's that's two years under Frank Vogel's uh, belt. Um, that uh, that's the reason why he's he has that to claim. Um, and, but again, like you said, I think it's going to give a lot of opportunities for people like like Malik Monk when he gets back for injury none obviously. And then I think we're going to see a little bit of more uh, Austin Reeves, right? And the hillbilly Kobe uh, getting more minutes. Um, he's secured that 14th roster roster spot, so I think he's going to see a lot more play, and we're going to see a lot more Rondo uh, than when he, than we what we expected or what we heard that you know because we heard that he's not going to play too much uh, this season from Frank Vogel himself. So opportunities, like you said, to to play, but um, um, hopefully it's a speedy recovery for Tht and Malik Monk. But uh, why don't we head Uh, over to uh the second segment let's take a break here and then when we come back Matt Issa will join us from Quest to the Best podcast and we're gonna have a great discussion on um, the Lakers uh legends like Kobe Shaq uh Jerry West magic and we'll talk a little bit about LeBron James uh as well so guys stay tuned and we'll talk to you soon Welcome back to the hashtag Lakers podcast. I'm here with McKay Westbrook and we'd like to welcome a special guest on the, our show, Matt Issa, who joins us. Oh, he's the host of the Quest for the Best podcast, a six part podcast series that seeks to provide the most in depth, up to date analysis of the 10 greatest players in NBA history. And the series features over 70 exclusive interviews with former or current coaches, NBA executives, and high profile media members.
2: With that said, guys, uh, Matt, welcome to the show thank you so much thank you for having me i'm excited to, to chat it up about the Lakers a little bit with you guys yeah man appreciate
1: you uh hopping on the show so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and your podcast here that i don't know if I've, if i covered the bases here or if you have more to tell us about it
2: yeah um i feel like a broken record at this point i've been giving like the the elevator pitch so many times now but um so my name is Matt Issa. I'm uh, I'm from the Metro Detroit area. I'm currently in East Lansing. I go to school at Michigan State. But um what the quest for the best is, it's basically like a six-part limited series, um kind of like Squid Game for those, you know, following along with that Netflix series, but um and it seeks to be the most up-to-date and thorough top 10 list yet created uh, of the 10 greatest players in NBA history that is. Uh, I did, uh, about 70, 71 interviews with, like you said, coaches, players, executives, media members, all that good stuff. Um, I created my own statistic, adjusted Osaki score. I did a bunch of research, watched a bunch of film and I put together what I think is right now the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like reflective, uh, of the, I want to, I wouldn't say consensus. Cause there is some, some omissions that I have on there that are, uh, a little different but um it would it is like a, a pretty well put together top talent, Let's put it that way um the first five episodes are out right now and the last one will be releasing on october 19th in 12 15 a.m so the morning of the C- nba openers but um yeah that's basically the gist of it
0: cool and uh so wh- what do you feel like uh your feedback has been on that thus far um how do you feel like your, uh, all that research and and that work that you put into that has, has so far been received.
2: Yeah. Um, so like, okay, let me caveat this, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years old. Uh, you know, I've written before I've written like maybe like 15, 20 articles, whatever before this. So like, you know, I'm like, I know what it's like to have like somebody, I guess, read my work, but like that was usually like friends or like people I might've went to high school with. But um, this was like the first project where like people I didn't know, you know, were tweeting at me and saying like this was really cool or like they were tweeting jokes I made in the series or DMing me, and it was just like you know I was like kind of like oh my God, don't people like people are actually listening to me talk like I'm not just talking to myself in this microphone so um that was cool. Obviously, you know, it's not it's not like um it's not Jack McCallum's Dream Team uh tapes. It's you know it's um. It's a, in, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, it's a, it's own little rinky, rinky dinky podcast that, um you know, a, a good, a good chunk of people have listened to. I mean, um, my humble, it's a humble, I guess, podcast, but uh the feedback's been okay. I haven't, um, I haven't gotten any like bad reviews or like nasty comments. Everybody who has like disagreed with me has been like, oh, like, come on, man, how could you do this? And, you know, they give me their reasoning and stuff. And then I give them my reasoning. Like, that's fair, but I disagree with you. And I'm like, that's cool, you know? And honestly, I think it'd be kind of cool if somebody did, like, you know, just come at me and attack me. I think that'd be a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually was uh, once... Uh, I made this tweet. So I have this opinion that... Um, and I, it's like, it's not shared by many, but like, I'm like a big believer of like shooting variability in games. And I think that if, if Terrence Mann doesn't just like shoot the lights out in game six... Of the uh, Western Conference semifinals, that the Utah Jazz had a pretty solid chance because I think they they might have had the best roster of the teams that were left of winning the NBA championship. And somebody from Suns Twitter got a hold of it, and for like the next three days, I was getting quote tweeted by just some of the most, shield, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> by some of the most nasty people on earth. Gosh. But hey, it was it was fun.
0: Hey, that and when, when you touch on other people's teams, when you touch on, uh, things like the, the, the greatest, those are, you know, the most controversial, uh, subjects I feel like in in all of (laughs) basketball. So you're setting yourself up for some aggression there to, to say the least. So I, I'm not surprised, um, in in the slightest about any of that. Yeah. And
2: I mean, the thing I'm sorry, uh, but I just wanted to say like, the thing is, I haven't done the, the last episode, you know, spoiler alert. It's between Jordan and LeBron for the the two top Ooh. two spots. But um, it's between those two. And I haven't I haven't revealed who I who I have over the other. And I feel like once I because that's like the really, really like kind of uh, special, special, like um, opinion. People hold like who their goat is. So if I if it disagrees with people, obviously, like, you know, there is no consensus there if there was the list would not be as fun. And I feel like once I reveal mine, that's when the more uh, the more vulgar parts of Twitter will start to come out and come after me.
1: Hey, that's true. Every time. I mean, look, I, I live in Chicago area. And if I wear my LeBron jersey anywhere, oh, I'm going to get heckled. <laughs> so um, that's going to be interesting. I, I look forward to to that. You said it comes out when when when, when does that one come out? No, it's the not the season 19th. opener, right? Okay, the season opener. Yeah, it is the season opener. All right. Okay. All right. We're gonna be looking forward to that. So, um, all right. Speaking of of the greatest
2: of all times, like, how many Laker greats are on your list? Yeah. So I mean, um, I'm trying. I think it's five five guys who have donned the purple and gold at one point. Let me double check here. Thinking it through in my head right now. Yeah, I think it is. It is five. Yeah. So basically, in Every episode, except for episode three, there's a Laker being talked about at some point. So there's five in my top 10, and then there's six in my top 13, because in the first episode, I reveal my three honorable mentions. But I mean, it makes it makes very good sense. They are the most glorious, the most, um, glorious, most historic uh, franchise in the history of the sport. And of course, like, you know, being in LA, McKay, um, you know, this, like California is a great place to live. You know, if you're one of the best athletes in the world, like, why wouldn't you want to live there? So it makes sense, like geographically and like historically, why there's so many all-time
0: greats. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think when you speak to um all-time Laker greats, um, you're also speaking about all-time great players. Some of the most dominant players in all of basketball, looking at LeBron James, looking at Shaquille O'Neal, um, people who are, who are in the goat running with Kobe and, and, uh, LeBron James, um, you know, magic Johnson, of course, the, the best, um, point guard of all time in a lot of people's minds. Um, so it's, you know, I, I think it, it definitely, uh, do, does a lot for us as Lakers fan, fans, um, with, with all of our Lakers pride, uh, to hear that so many of the Lakers, um, make up the that best squad of all time because we feel like we've got the uh the best franchise of all time
2: you you do i mean you can say like oh you know the celtics have x amount of rings but most of those were won before the merger i think all of them except for four yeah so uh, 12 of the whatever it is 12 of the 16 were one pre-merger so yeah it's not even close really I mean, I, obviously, I agree. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, the Lakers, the Lakers guys agree with my assessment that the the Lakers are the the most prolific franchise
1: surprise, in the history.
0: Surprise, of the sport. surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, I'm glad that you touched on the Celtics because, man, come on, there's there's been a lot of, I don't know, just. Back and forth all these years about the Celtics and and the Lakers. It's it's a big rivalry, and and every time we face them, it's you know people on Twitter are always uh, fighting like it's 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 crazy. But um, I'm gonna, so I'm curious though. I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, right? I want to I don't want to get into it too much because I want I want people to listen to your podcast and, and head into it. But I'm assuming you know people like kobe bryant magic kareem like mckay uh, listed some of these out Shaq, wilt jerry west maybe even pal gasol who obviously is retired now and looks smush like parker
0: he's... Smush, <laughs> smush parker, parker. Smush is
1: very much a part of all <laughs> i think of this, i think yes. i think so i think so i think you're right but i mean i i i mean the list goes on i think there's a lot of lakers players i think like mckay said that um, could be considered there in in the greatest of all uh, of all time, but um, LeBron. It's you, you said it's cut, the, this episode. LeBron versus Jordan is coming out uh, on the nineteenth. So, um, what? Let, let's talk a little bit about LeBron's legacy up to this point and how it looks as he is headed into the 19th season. Let's talk about that instead of, you know, comparing it to to Jordan, but let's talk about that. And then um, hopefully this will, will be a, a good discussion that will set it up for your episode that will come out on the 19th.
2: Yeah, I want to start by saying something and please tell me if you agree on this or disagree, but I think that we as an NBA community until he proves otherwise need to operate under the assumption that LeBron James is still the best player in the world. Do you guys agree with that?
0: Sure. I yeah, I yes. agree with that. Um yeah.
2: Yep. I mean I just like I wanted to get that off my chest just because I feel like I've been hearing a lot of um a lot of Kevin Durant and you know he's a strong candidate for a discussion like that. Um I think that we get a we fall a little too love with his scoring. I know this is not the podcast to talk about Kevin Durant. We fall a little a little into love with his scoring. We forget, you know, his playmaking is not it's not ever been like even like 75% of what LeBron's has been, to be honest. Um, and then Giannis, I know he was, he was incredible. And I mean, he, he would probably be the guy to me that if once, if LeBron does prove to us that he's not the GOAT, it would probably, it would probably be Giannis, you know, as the best player in the league right now. But um, yeah, that's just a quick initial thing I need to get off my chest.
0: Yeah. I, I think when it comes to LeBron and talking about in terms of the most complete player in the league and the one that excels in the most areas is the top dog in the, the most numb in the highest number of areas that will, um, impact, you know, that impacts the game that, that results in, in winning, you know, you, you look at his career, um, very, uh, few times, uh, it, it might've just been the, the one season that he didn't make it to, to the playoffs. If I remember correctly, um, made it the rest of his career. Um, even though, you know, it's, it's contended that, uh, he was in a weaker East. Um, he went to, uh, the finals, you know, most of most of his career. Uh, so it's, it's difficult to say, um, that anybody else matches him in terms of, uh, best player in the league he absolutely has the best legacy of anybody still currently playing in the league and i think he's got um room to definitely um push himself more into into that goat conversation um you know i've i've expressed in the past before that i i don't yeah I I mean first of all I don't think you can call him the goat when he hasn't finished his legacy yet. Um I think it's kind of a wait and see type deal. Um with what he's done up to this point, he's obviously um up there in the running with with some of the greats. Um but but yeah, I think it's it's pretty difficult to to question his legacy right now and even at 36 I think he's proven to be um still probably the best player in the league yeah and and look he's on space jam <laughs> no that, that's that's all there is to it he's on space
1: jam so you know he's he up on there. The
2: inferior space jam might i point out
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i i don't really know um because i grew up watching the the old space jam right and i thought that was amazing obviously and then i watched this new one with LeBron with my daughter and she loved it and you know she's she still watches it and she likes it and she we even bought her a um a it's a Halloween time right so it's 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 costume time so he she she bought a, 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 um, a, a LeBron jersey so <laughs> for for that so it, it's interesting to to see I, I don't really know how to, to gauge that. Um, I watch a lot of kid movies because I have kids. And so I, my, my, my analysis on movies, uh, you can't trust me on it. So, um, um, but, but be, beca- like coming back to this, like, I think, you know, coming back into as he prepares to obviously he's in preseason right now and he's played one game. Um, uh, I think, like as we as we look into this 19th season that he has, he's obviously coming off an injury uh, that he played through in the postseason against the Suns. That uh, that injury really was sustained, uh, and 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 kind of kept him. Uh, out of out of out of play for most of the year right Uh, stemming from really from the wear and tear that came from winning the 2020 championship which from today 10 11 um is was a year ago today right um that the lakers won the 2020 championship against the heat so i mean i think that the wear and tear from that the the short season all, all, the short off season and and followed with the the condensed 72 game season now he's got a little you know had a little bit more time to heal up this summer just a little bit more time than he did then um i think i think that the the short off season last uh like lasted from October to December was about like 60 days um so Um, Here, I think it's a little bit more close to like 90-something. But, you know, I think, um, look, LeBron has won with every team that he's been on, and he's already won with the Lakers. This is a new team. There's only four players on the team from last season. Do you think... um, Matt, I want to get your, do you. Do you think he could do it again? Do you think he can do it with this new roster with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and we got a, a good supporting cast here. What, what what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot you said there that I kind of want to parse out. Um, one thing that's really cool, I mean, you mentioned like the 90-day offseason, but for LeBron's uh, sake, they ended play in May. So they had about five months of rest, which is which is even better for him. That's, right. That's um, right. I'm happy you got that. But uh, so first off, I want to touch on one thing here that uh, I think it was McKay mentioned that uh, he doesn't want to talk about the um, the goat debate yet because LeBron's not done. But I feel like for all intensive purposes, in terms of the people who are going to be like the camps that are going to be fighting this, like he's technically done. So he, here's what I mean by that. Like, so it's clear now at this point, you know unless LeBron does something spectacular in peaks, like in his late 30s, um, that Jordan had the superior peak between the two. And it's also clear now, I think LeBron's finally passed that threshold where his sustained longevity is like, it's better than Jordan's sustained longevity. So then it becomes the argument of longevity versus peak. And I think that like LeBron will continue to compile more and more, but I feel like for the sake of this argument between the two of them, like it's pretty much set in stone. Even if he wins another title, I feel like it'll still be the a similar type of argument. What do you prefer, LeBron's longevity or Jordan's peak? You know, you know what I mean. But that's just um kind of how I see it.
0: Yeah, I I kind of I I get that. I mean, it's kind of like um all of us long term Lakers fans. Um, we see Kobe Bryant, we see LeBron James. Um, even though I think uh Lakers fans are growing more and more um to liking LeBron James and accepting him as as a Laker and and for the great career that he had um I don't think um a lot of us even are willing to to put LeBron on the on the level of Kobe Bryant regardless right. of even what he does mm-hmm. here in the future just because um we saw Kobe's greatness we saw what he was like at his peak um, just um the absolute killer that Kobe was and the way he willed the Lakers, um, you know, on, on some teams that, that people didn't feel were, um, necessarily, uh, the best teams in the league. He, I mean, you know, he had some, some great players around him, like Pau Gasol, like, um, Ron Artest met a world piece, um, in, in his later championships, but, um, they were, they were getting to the point where they were, um, aging stars as well, and definitely not at the peak of their game and, and Kobe with his greatness was able to, to get another couple of championships away from Shaquille O'Neal that, um, I, I think, uh, that kind of solidified at that point, his legacy was solidified. I think you're right there are points where um certain people's legacies are are set and it's difficult to see them um I don't know, I guess even one up themselves unless they do um something extremely spectacular. You know, maybe if there's a Space Jam 3, maybe that pushes his legacy further. I don't know. Yeah, where they like they duel the two of them and like LeBron
2: <laughs> CGI. His arm over Ex- Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so look, Matt, you didn't answer my question though. Do you think yes, you do yes, it again? I do. I do have to get that. I have to get back to that now. Um, uh, I don't know. So now that, okay. I, I was looking through the last couple of days in preparation of this podcast, I was really trying to sort out my thoughts on the Lakers going into the season. And you know, um, I'm sure you guys have talked about the Russ Westbrook thing ad nauseum at this point, but when it first came on, I was like, I was higher than most on it in the fact that I saw Russell Westbrook as kind of like the perfect regular season innings eater kind of guy where, you know, let 80 and LeBron play 60 games this season, 65 games, let Russ play all 82 and let him go like hog wild, whatever. And, you know, average triple double and get you those regular season wins. And then playoff time comes you have LeBron, and AD, you know, running the show and then whoever, whichever three guys fit best in that series alongside them. But the more I think about it, I I kind of like the idea of Russ being on the floor with those two, as long as all three of them are kind of willing to do what needs to be done. And so what is that? AD's obviously got to play the five in those situations, at least in playoff situations. Um. Russ has to be more willing to play off ball. And I think he's a smart enough guy to do that. But I also like the idea of him and LeBron running like an inverted pick and roll where Russ is like the role man. And, you know, you make him make decisions on the short roll because he's such a good passer and he's probably a better passer than anybody else who's making decisions out of the role, the short roll. And I mean, he's st- he's lost a step, but he's still he's still incredibly fast. So he will be like a he'll be a force coming down on those pick and rolls, but, um, I say all that to say, like, I actually it's clunky, but I like a lot of parts of this Lakers, this Lakers roster. Cause if you think about it, what was their problem last season? Not enough ball handling outside of LeBron. And that was honestly their problem in the bubble too, but they got saved a little bit by some great shooting, but, um, not a lot of ball handling outside of LeBron. And what do you do? You add a bunch of ball handlers. I mean, THT was already on the team, but he's, he's a solid ball handler. Uh, Russ Westbrook, Rondo's back, uh, and -and so-and-so, Blake Monk. So you have a bunch of like secondary, tertiary creators. And then on defense, you have lost personnel, but you haven't lost LeBron and AD, and you haven't lost Frank Vogel. And I think that my theory on defense is if you have a talented roster, like just generally talented players, like psychologically, they're going to try harder because they know they have a chance because of how talented they are on offense. Um, This is kind of my thing with the Bulls this season. I think that enough with a great defensive minded coach like Frank Vogel, like Billy Donovan in Chicago is enough where you can piece together uh, top 12, top 10 defense, especially the Lakers, because they have a guy in Anthony Davis when if he's fully engaged, you have a hard time naming three better defenders than him. So if that all works out and, you know say like, cause I think Brooklyn's just on a different level. So safe, you know, shit hits the fan with the Kyrie thing. Yeah. They have a, a pretty solid chance of getting LeBron his fifth title.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I think, um, even though we're, you know, we, and we've spoken to this on, on previous pods, um, that even though they're, they're a little bit ragtag, they're a little bit older. Um, they've been through the ringer a little bit. I think everybody here is, is anxious to, to get another ring. Um, they, we've still got some people who are hungry. Uh, Russ, that still has to go and, and get his ring. Carmelo, that's still got to go get his ring. Um, you know, people who who are still hungry for it, they've still got gas in the tank. Um, we've added playmakers like uh, like you spoke about. We've added that three-point shooting that we needed. Um, I, I think uh, we're going to have a, a scrappy bunch and... Um I, I definitely think we can do it.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously I, I would agree. I mean, I think we, I think as Lakers fans, we're always hopeful that we uh, are, are gonna win and especially if we have this type of roster uh, with us when we're at least when we have LeBron James, Anthony Davis and 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 a Russell Westbrook on our team that's uh, sort of a, a big three for us, right. So I think ob- absolutely there's there's definitely a chance, but is it gonna be tough? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like you have all been, Matt you and McKay, you've been hinting at. I mean, uh, this is obviously a new team. They have to find a way to gel together and compete at a high level for a championship. Um, uh, LeBron's on his 19th season. We got a bunch of other uh, guys who are veterans, are the top end of their, their career. And um, you have... Uh, Russ, LeBron, who have to figure things out, right? You guys mentioned the clunkiness, that 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 is the spacing issues and so forth. So, um, uh, um, you know, maybe like you said, Matt, you no, know, Russ, Russ needs to play more off ball. May, maybe needs to set more screens um, uh, for LeBron. Um, so I, I, you know, and and on top of all of that, you have a league who's gotten a lot more competitive, a lot younger as well. And you got Denver, you got the Suns, you got a healthy Warriors team, Clippers, right? Portland, and then you got the East, Nets, Bucks, Heat, Chicago. So um, a lot of hungry teams that that want this title. Um, and uh, I think it's gonna be challenging. Um, but it's gonna be fun. I think this roster makes me really excited and it's gonna be a lot of fun to see to see them take this journey, right? and to try and win another title, uh, before, 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 honestly, before, um, father time kicks in, right. And and gets the best of of LeBron James and before he, he hangs up his shoes and and retires. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think we, we have a good chance and, and we'll see what happens. Right. But Matt, uh, appreciate you hopping on the show. Um, I think that really, uh, does it for today? I don't know if you have any, uh, uh, final comments here before, before we, end. maybe, maybe, uh, last one last chance to to put a plug in on your, your podcast.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, everybody listening, please just, uh, follow me at, on Twitter at Mattisa 15. That's at M A T I S S -S A 15. From there, you can find all my work. You know, there's a link to the podcast. It'll take you to the directory. You can pick which podcast platform you want to listen to the podcast. I don't have a preference, but, um, Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. I had a lot of fun and I hope to talk to you guys about some Lakers this season.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, great man. To have you on.
2: Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you hopping on the
1: show, Matt. All right. Again, that does it for today. Guys, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other listening platforms. Do us a favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate all the follows and all the reviews. It'll help us continue to produce this show. You can also follow us on Twitter at hashtag LakerPod and on Instagram at hashtag Lakers. Guys, with that said, have a great day. Root for the Lakers. And we'll talk to you guys next time.